I'm Sarah Tasker. I'm Jen Carrington. And this is Letters from a Hopeful Creative. So today's question is one that we've had in like 20 different forms or another. Yeah, so if you've had a letter that you sent in to us that we've not answered, you might find that it's because it's similar to one that we are covering in an episode. We try and kind of answer everybody's questions, but pick letters that sum up the gist of most of the ones we're receiving. Yeah, this is one that we get in one form or another, but we thought this one was a great way to dive in. I'm going to read it out. Okay, this is sent in from Emma, and Emma says, I'm a writer, blogger, and photographer doing okay professionally. I get regular work and make a decent amount of money, but I really, really want to grow my blog on Instagram and feel like I'm getting nowhere. I pour so much of myself and my time into both platforms, but barely see any growth. I have dozens of ideas for e-courses, e-books, and real-life books, retreats, etc., all floating around my brain, but I know that I need to increase my audience first. What tips do you both have for me to organically grow my following? I feel like I'm doing everything already and I'm confident in my content. I just don't think many people actually see it. Interesting. So much there. Yeah, it's, this is like the anxiety that we see so much is like, why aren't I growing? Why aren't I growing faster? Why does no one care? It's like the internet used to feel like this great tool for like reaching people. And now it feels like, this like uphill climb to get out in front of people yeah and there's a lot of blame that goes around in that kind of conversation yeah we've kind of outsourced that responsibility for our content to these mysterious algorithms that are completely beyond our control well that's how it feels yeah and I think also we do this sometimes me and Sarah with the letters that come in we try and see what's happening underneath the letters because mm. I think in this one there's a couple of statements of truth that I'd love to question a little bit yeah so the first one is like feel like I'm getting nowhere and the second one is like I want to do all these things but I know that I need to increase my audience first so it sounds yeah. like our letter writer has access to some audience and community but it's not at the size that they she feels like it should be at maybe yeah because the first thing when she said that was I was thinking well how do you know how do you know you need to grow your audience before you can do any of these things what evidence have you got for that I think sometimes we're still living in a very like vanity metrics driven like community online I think we are in the whole world because you go to school and you're given like a score on your test and (laughs) you go to the shops and you're given a score in your dress size yeah and then you get your payslip and you're given a score on your worth so So Instagram's just it's just an extension of that numerical system that we've somehow got sucked into from as right from childhood so I don't blame anyone for feeling that way I don't think any of us are immune to it but and I have said this before on the podcast I know like the numbers next to your name on social media do not predict your success as a business. I will be the case study for this. Yeah. So I have, in all accounts, not a very big online audience. I have about 4,000 Instagram followers. I have like 8,000 Twitter followers. But when I'm on there, I don't think I'm reaching all 8,000 of those people. (laughs) Oh, who is? I don't have a huge email list. And I've been at this. I've been blogging for six years. I've been running my business for four years. I've never poured that much energy into audience growth. In the beginning, I had to get out in front of people. But I put my energy into audience connection. And I have a profitable, thriving business. Super profitable. You're approaching six figures. Yeah. But my business is enough to provide for me and my husband and I cats and our dog and I definitely have a business model that is built for the audience I have and what I mean by that is I would not 
enjoy my business if I had to be doing a lot of aggressive growth and if I had to be doing a lot of selling so I've built a business model that is kind of very slow very quiet very impactful in the way that I want it to be and I've never allowed myself to be distracted by external vanity metrics as much as possible because I mean I work with business owners all day every day I have a lot of business owners friends so me and Sarah we both are seeing the behind the scenes here and I will tell you nine times out of ten your audience size doesn't make a flying difference. Someone can have a huge audience, but absolutely no connection point to actually sell something to them. Totally. Or they can have such a diverse audience that there is no single unifying thing that they can sell or create or serve that audience with because they all have such different needs. A lot of the really successful business owners I know, and when I say really successful, I guess my kind of what I'm saying as a successful person is someone who's doing the work they want to do, is making a really good living that sustains their life and that they have a business that is sustainable. They've been successful for four, five, six, seven years. You know, it's not just like a, a year of success. Mm-hmm. They don't have huge audiences. The thing is, a lot of the people who are the most successful people, you don't know of them because they're just busy doing the work. And I guess I'm saying this to say, I think we're believing the lie that audience size makes a difference. Whereas your business being awesome is what makes a difference. And your content is the thing that makes the difference. And that is probably true as much for your free content as your paid content, like the kind of things Emma, our letter writer, wanted to create. Yeah, and I mean, we're not denying here that audience size makes a difference. I don't think Sarah would have had the awesome growth that Mm. you've had without the access to your audience. But however... I also know lots of people with a much smaller audience than you who've also reached really awesome goals in their business. Absolutely. And I think we do ourselves a disservice if we just focus on growing the numbers. I think it's more important to focus on growing the type of community who are going to serve the business model that you want to build. So Emma included her full name. So we've been able to check out her online presence. And Emma, you have 8,000 Instagram followers. You have a beautiful blog. You have a strong voice. And I know loads of people who enjoy what you do, both the stuff you share through your online channels and also the work you do in magazines. So you write in your letter, Emma, about how you're making a good living from it by the sounds, but you're getting plenty of work. So I would just encourage you gently to question where these measures of success are coming from that you're kind of using as a bit of a stick to beat yourself with. I think because you're in the blogging world and the photography world and this Instagram bubble, it can be really, really easy to look to other people's numbers as a measure of success instead of looking within yourself at the things you want to achieve and asking those tougher questions. Yeah, I just want to go back like 8,000 Instagram followers. <laughs> yeah. You have a community there what I would more say pulling away from your question then is it sounds like the community isn't working for you in the way you want it to because 8,000 people is a lot of people you can grow that organically just by continuing to show up and put your message stories and ideas out there what it sounds like to either you really believe the lie that you need more people than that and I promise you you don't need more people (laughs) than that I know people with beautiful businesses with 1,000 Instagram followers Mm -hmm. I think it's more here what is the audience you really want to be building and is the audience you've built so far done that and is there a tweaking of where your your direction here so it can work better for you and your goals and your dreams. So you think that perhaps this audience isn't engaging with things the way that Emma would like them to be? The only reason I'm saying that, this is not from looking at something Emma's done, it's from what Emma's saying here. Yeah. Because she's saying that she doesn't think that many people actually see what she's sharing and she needs to increase her audience first. See, I just assume that she's not tested it. Yeah, which is maybe believing that lie of 
I need more people. Yeah, so it could be either of these things or a bit of both. Yeah, I mean, I would reconnect. You said you've got dozens of ideas for e-courses, e-books, real-life books, retreats floating around your brain, but you need to increase your audience first. If we question that, I mean, I think you can only learn at this point by putting it out there. That's exactly what I think. I think she needs to make something and put it out there and see what happens. Yeah, my only caveat would be is that it sounds like you've kind of got two worlds going on. Write a blogger, photographer, doing okay professionally, so I'm guessing that you're freelance. And then you've got ideas for e-courses, e-books, and real-life books and retreats. Is that serving a different type of audience? Are you speaking yeah. to them yet for your content is what I'm wondering. And do you feel like you're connecting with them yet with the kind of things that you will be selling to them around? That's the question mark there. Are they? Have you primed that audience to buy from you? Or has it just so far been about chasing audience building and building a community and not necessarily telling them what that community is going to be used for? And I think, I know we said this maybe in the in the Instagram anxiety episode, is like the biggest trap that people fall into is craving a bigger audience and not nurturing and celebrating the one they've already got and you miss out on this magic happening in front of you. But Emma did ask, what tips do you both have for me to organically grow my following? And we so far in this episode have been... I guess jumping to the bigger picture coaching side of our brains. Yeah. But I also don't want to ignore that question because the truth is a lot of people are probably listening to this and it's a huge question of how do I organically grow my following? So let's dive into that for a little bit without ignoring kind of what our instincts are encouraging Emma to say. So what do you think, Sarah? Well, we've had a very good example in real time on Instagram, like this last month. Mrs. Hinch Home, for anyone who hasn't come across it, she is, I think she's in Essex. She is newly married woman who shares cleaning tips on her Instagram account and has had just meteoric success. She's gained about 300,000 followers in the space of about two weeks sharing her cleaning tips on her Instagram stories mainly actually. Can we just break that down a minute? Like did she get to a certain amount on her own and then did people start sharing it to get to the 300,000? Yeah I think she went viral so I think she was at a reasonable level of growth slow and steady like anybody else and then suddenly she got publicity on bigger platforms well I think just within Instagram but yeah with bigger platforms within Instagram people started to talk about her and actually it really was rather than kind of big people talking about her it was the volume of people talking about her so it was the fact that she was connecting with people on a really individual basis Mm. she's talking about cleaning and she's sharing really actionable tips and it's not admittedly it's not for me she uses an awful lot of plastic and she mixes an awful lot of chemicals and I have some kind of concerns about that for myself <laughs> but I think what she's done is amazing and I think it's fascinating and something to really be celebrated that she is you know she's obviously connecting with an awful lot of people and sharing a message that a lot of people have been waiting to hear so what do you think the biggest takeaway for people listening from that can be around organic growth being authentic mm-hmm being individual and unique if you'd have said to anyone two months ago (laughs) I think the next big Instagram viral sensation is going to be someone with a gray and white house sharing her cleaning tips (laughs) from Essex I think nobody would have believed you but she wasn't doing it because she wanted to be a viral sensation she's just really nerdy about cleaning and passionate and wanted to share it so she's done it so finding your unique thing and sharing it and engaging your community. She's got a hashtag for her army, Mrs. Hinch Army. (laughs) They all go out and buy the cleaning products and then share themselves using them. And it's a whole movement. And please, nobody listening to this think that I'm saying you need to now go out and start Instagramming your cleaning routine (laughs) because the whole point is it needs to be your thing. Your thing you're nerdy about, your thing you're geeky about, your thing you're passionate about. 
whatever that is. And if it feels too much like other people's content, it's not going to be able to stand out in the same way. I think as a business owner, the most important thing is to have a reason for people to stick around. Mm. And that doesn't have to be a big and flashy reason. I'm a big believer in, in, in building the business that feels like you do as a human. I'm a quieter, more introverted yeah. human. My business feels like that. So I think it doesn't have to be that you've got something that is a viral sensation, but you have to give people a reason to stick around. We are navigating the internet right now, I think, quite on autopilot. And I think maybe, I've not checked out Mrs. Hinch and her army, but maybe she woke people up by the sounds of it yeah and I think that's the thing you can do that loudly and you can do that quietly and you can do that somewhere in the middle but you've got to be saying and doing something that's real and true to you if people are going to stick around and connect with it completely and so you go onto her page and every day she shares her daily cleaning checklist and she takes you through it with her does she clean every single day her house is immaculate Jen oh, oh my gosh what <laughs> <laughs> you need to check her out you see and this is what happens this is how people grow because we're talking about her you're all listening you're gonna go and check her out if you haven't already <laughs> but for the people who want that information going to her page every day and seeing her clean is motivating to them it gets them going gets them cleaning there's the reason to stick around there's a the reason to keep checking in with her and the algorithms pay attention to that and will keep showing you her content because you're engaging with it she's focused on content more than she has growth yeah and it's paid off i would say we've both done the same though we have the most extreme different audience sizes yeah, I suppose we do. Like we've done it in a different way. Like you've definitely focused more on growth than I have, but not from an aggressive point of view. It's just like you, you just have because you've grown, you have a bigger audience. But at the very heart of your brand is something that cannot be replicated. Even if it's been tried to be replicated, it's your message is clear. Your voice is clear. Your brand is so clear that even though you're pulling people in, there's something to stick around for. And I think it's because we're putting ourselves into it at the end of the day like you said building one that a brand that reflects who you are as a person and that's what Emma our letter writer was saying she's pouring a lot of herself into her work at the moment and that I really believe that that's where organic growth comes from but of course it's not a fair world and Instagram is not a representation of the entire world Instagram audiences are not a representation of the entire world I think it's interesting with Mrs Hinch because four years ago on Instagram was there such a big audience for what she was doing I suspect not I think since the buyout from Facebook and the merging of the two audiences there's now a more general audience on Instagram mm. of people who are looking for different types of content whereas previously it was maybe a home more for people who were specifically there looking for photography and beautiful imagery no, I think you're totally right. I mean, you know, when I was reading out this question the first time from Emma, my thought, thought that it would be interesting to think if you were starting from scratch, I ask this question not to myself all the time because I, I know if I was building my business today, I would probably do something similar and something's different because just how times change. If you yeah. were starting from scratch and you wanted to organically build a community and an audience, what would you do? I would start on Instagram again, just like I did sharing imagery I'd probably be sharing more regularly than I do right now but then I would immediately also be going to a blog and I'd be regularly blogging content that I knew was valuable and meeting a need for the people I was reaching on Instagram yeah I was thinking this I think if I was starting from scratch the first thing I would do would be connect with my actual message 
and my stories and my ideas because I think if I've got a business that I'm showing up for I'd want to know that what I'm saying is like I'd want to know what I'm saying first and foremost I think a lot of people sometimes jump in to try to grow oh sure yeah without really getting clear on and so they're just looking at all the people they like and replicating that I assumed you meant we were starting yeah. at least with knowing <laughs> what we were doing <laughs> This is literally like we've had a brain wipe. I think I'm, the more reason why I'm saying this is because I think this is a step people miss. Yeah. Is the intentionality of what they're sharing because so many people will share what they think is wanted from them. Yes. Instead of sharing what is really true to them and makes them stand out. This is the first step we do on the Insta retreat always is why do you want an audience? What are you going to yeah. do with it? Like what's the big plan here? Because yeah. so many people we've been swept up in this idea of well you need an audience you need an audience and then it's only when you get it you go right now what am I gonna do with it (laughs) (laughs) and what's the purpose of it so someone like Emma you said it sounds like the purpose for you is to sell e-courses e-books books retreats the question is there so what you actually don't need is a huge following what you need is community of people who really get what you do and connect with what you do it's actually a different thing that you're building there and so I think for me once I get really clear on what I'm like Sarah I would create a home for my core content I personally if I think about it I would probably also get into podcasting at some point because I personally have this theory that we all have kind of home content like hub content so that's the content that we produce and it's kind of like our bread and butter content Mm -hmm. it's where like it's just consistent and it's evergreen and then I think we always have secret weapon content and I think where people go wrong is they don't have a secret weapon because we're living in a saturated time right now that just having an awesome blog isn't good enough anymore because no one's going to find your awesome blog no not without those extra things on the side and I would say for you your Instagram was your secret weapon yeah for me my podcast was my secret weapon for some people it's that they have a YouTube channel for some people it's that they're really awesome over on Twitter but it's a it's I guess your, your secret weapon content is a channel that brings in new people i always say to some people you have sometimes you have content that is just it's there and it nurtures and builds a relationship but your secret weapon content can do within a within one experience what your evergreen content can take 10 experiences to do do you know what i mean like if someone came to your blog and read it they'd start to build a relationship and enjoy it but there was something about your instagram when you first were getting started that was hooking people in that was making them stay and get obsessed and share it I actually feel like mine has now shifted to my podcast. And I think most of my growth, even things like my Instagram growth, a lot of the time it's coming via things like my podcast or my blog or my Twitter because it all becomes cyclical and it all starts to feed into each other. Yeah, I had a client the other day told me, and she's got a great Instagram following. She told me that her podcast is what brings her in the most Instagram followers now. That's so interesting. Isn't that interesting? And I just, I have a theory actually. You know, like how 10 years ago, no one had a blog and now everyone has a blog. I have a theory that podcasts are going to be the new blog. I think you might be right. And I think we might reach a point a few years from now where it reaches oversaturation and we're like, damn it, we've ruined podcasts. Now what's next? I feel like because, so I have, just like you, I have two podcasts and I'm also married to a podcast editor. (laughs) So I, I think a lot about podcasts and I think the secret to podcasting not becoming oversaturated is like innovating as podcast creators and trying different things and doing different things but I do think it's it can be a wonderful secret weapon for your business and I'm not saying this to say Emma go and start a podcast what I'm saying is do you have something within your content ecosystem that is moving the needle for you something that's different something that gives you an edge I suppose is what we're talking about and something that has an impact for you for some people it's podcast being a guest on other people's podcasts for some people it's pitching articles to websites I don't know what it is going to be for you but if you're getting started and you're wanting to reach more people you kind of need that secret weapon momentum building 
content stream. Totally. And I know Emma and I know from her channels, like she she writes as a freelancer. So she could well be doing what you just said. She could be pitching articles. She could be using her own photography alongside because believe me, magazines will snatch your hand <laughs> off for content that comes with images for free for, alongside your writing fee. You know, there's so many avenues. There is no one avenue. There's no kind of one size fits all. But finding something that's going to keep feeding back into what you're doing is going to give you not only growth, because I don't think growth is the most important thing, mm. but that kind of depth to your community, people who found you from different sources and then been able to dig into you in different areas and really get to know you. I think depth is the perfect word. I think people are so obsessed with growth that we're forgetting that it's actually all about connection. Mm. Like I am consistent. I've been consistently booked out for four years, six months in advance at most times with arguably a tiny, I have half the amount of Instagram followers than Emma has. Yeah. And she thinks it's not enough to launch anything that she wants to try. Do you know what I'm saying? And I think it's, it's, it doesn't matter how many people you reach, it matters how deep the connection goes. Because if you are connecting with 100 people, that means 100 people are going to tell someone else, that's 200 people, then it becomes 400 people. It grows and it grows and it grows. And I think focusing on growth can actually distract you from where the real magic happens. It almost needs to just happen. I mean, this word organically it was there in the letter. Organically, we're not pushing it, we're not fighting for it, we're not hustling for the growth. The growth, when it works, I think comes about as a natural byproduct of our work and our content and our positive customer experiences. Me and my husband talk about this all the time, how growth and success is a byproduct of doing the work and a byproduct of being of service. And where people go wrong is they want to get to growth and success without being of service and without being of value and of doing the work. Yes. And I don't think it comes from a place of entitlement or laziness. I think it comes from a place of confusion because that's the message we're given yeah. all the time. Grow, 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 succeed, succeed. Yeah. And and then you'll be worth something. And then you'll feel better. And then you'll feel whole. And actually, the work is the answer to all of those questions as well. Yeah, because if it sounds like you want to create awesome content that's going to, I imagine, create income streams for you, help you do work that you're proud of, what really matters here is reaching the people to sell that to, the size of your audience. It doesn't matter. Like Sarah was saying, sometimes we seek a bigger audience for validation that we matter. Yeah. But I promise you this, that's never going to fill that hole. No, there is no number that can come after your username that takes the self-doubt away. No, and I just think we're living in an, an online world right now where I think there's a lot of noise around what to do to grow. There's a lot of noise around what that growth should look like. And I think people are getting quite lost in it all and disheartened as well. Totally. And one of the the great things about not having a huge audience is you get to be experimental. You get to try new things out. You know, you can launch one of these products that you've been dreaming about, Emma. And if it doesn't sell, you know, you can learn from that. But also, you've only got 8,000 people watching. So dust yourself off and pick up and carry on. And I would also say here, like, are you building a business here? Like, are you building for yourself something that you're passionate about and that you want to kind of be a career for you? It's bigger than just the numbers and the audience size you're developing something bigger than that the, the numbers and the audience and the following is just kind of like a tool within that I would say you're going to probably achieve more by pouring your energy into the development and uncovering of the business and the offerings and the brand than you will every day being like why aren't I growing why aren't I growing mm. because if you figure out what this really is and then shine a big spotlight on that it's kind of like you're going to pull people in more because you're, you've got really clear on what you're doing. If you sit around and wait for a big audience to give you permission to create all of this, yes, you will be waiting forever. Yes, Because people don't know what to pay attention until they know what to pay attention to. 
Imagine if Mrs. Hinch had waited to share her cleaning tips until everyone was listening. She didn't. She started with her tiny audience, telling them about her selection of dusters with all their cute names. And that had its own momentum. Do you think audience growth in itself is a concept that is real anymore? Do you get what I mean? I think it's very misleading now, audience growth. And I think what we saw, the organic growth we saw in the earlier days of social media is what happens when nothing interferes and that's that people are lovely everyone wants to follow each other and support each other we like what we see and you know we're all quite open-minded and so everyone can grow quite well but what we are now in an age of is algorithms of oversaturation of a lot of competing content of a lot of different factors going into when someone decides to follow or not and we can't measure the value of what we do by solely by numbers anymore that is no longer like a useful metric for mm-hmm. what we're doing yeah I kind of have this mantra that the cream always rises to the top yeah so when people get really stressed about how oversaturated things feel I think the work speaks for itself so what I'm saying here with this is you can focus on trying to grow the audience and you should be pouring your energy. All of us, if we're building a business, we have to be pouring our energy into community nurturing. Sure. That's part of the work, but your business and the content you create and the quality of that work and the vision for that work, that's where the real work happens. And there are people who grow really fast or who grow a really engaged, strong audience. And it's because they've got something very special to offer. And I would say, I believe Every single one of us has the capacity for that, but we get distracted by all the surface level stuff. So my biggest advice for Emma would be, be so good they can't ignore you. And if you have dozens of ideas for e-courses, e-books, books, retreats, you don't have any idea yet if people will buy it or not. Like go and create them, go and explore them, take a risk. That's what entrepreneurship is about anyway. Absolutely. And one of those things might be the thing that makes you stand out and makes you unique and gives you that extra edge that takes you to the next level in your business I also think with in this day and age of there's so many success stories out there that everyone wants to go from zero to that yeah but the truth is it's I remember my first offerings like they were like I just launched a little thing yeah and then I saw how it went like you have to take all the little steps to get there I'm wondering if Emma wants to be at like the top 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 level straight away so she's waiting to have this huge audience so it all goes like super smooth because you never see those in between stages anymore do you no one talks about them I mean my first mentoring packages I think I had six that's what that's how many I sold (laughs) that's all I wanted that's all I put on sale six and gradually those baby steps to get to the point where the insta retreats now yeah where that's now the business I have now and looking back it looks quite rapid but it wasn't it was a lot of small decisions and scary moments Yeah, I think I always say to clients, where's your real work happening? Because we get really distracted from where our real work is happening. And I think people get really antsy about growing an audience. I would tell you, I can't tell you how many people who are getting started from scratch who would cry with joy if they had 8,000 Instagram followers. Yeah, that thing of remember when you wanted what you have now. 8,000 people tells me that people connect with you. They like what you do. They want more from you. 8,000 followers doesn't happen for no reason. Imagine going to a party with 8,000 friends, like you would feel like the most popular person in the world. Yeah, my brain's like, what do you want to do with that now? Like, what are you actually building here? What's your dream? What's your focus? Go for it because you've already proven that you connect with people and that people have a a way in to like enjoy what you do. And hopefully whatever you do next will only draw in more of those right people and strengthen that community and give it added depth. And that probably will mean added size as well, but that's not really the aim of it. 
I always think growth ultimately takes consistency and connection in that when you're getting started you have to be showing up consistently you can't like share some awesome content and disappear for five months yeah because people need it's building up that sarah for example you are quite sporadic on instagram these days but you've built the trust and the platform to have that but if you were getting started like you said you would be more consistent and like with hashtag authentic you no longer post on the same day every single week like an episode all the time but, but that, for the first year i was there yes. every week and i would have a panic attack if it wasn't going out exactly with make it happen in the beginning i was really consistent and now i do seasons whenever i feel like it because we just have the freedom to do that which only comes from like showing up and getting to that i will say i always say this to clients like it's a snowball effect and i don't think this actually applies to emma emma you've already had the snowball maybe mm. it's just acknowledging the snowball and seeing what you want to do with it the first thousand is always the hardest i say the same in the insta retreat the first thousand followers the first thousand anything because there's also that element of once you have a bit of a number associated with you people take you more seriously and give you a bit more time and space so when you've only got a few hundred next to your name on whatever it is you're doing you've got to work twice as hard to get people's attention yeah and none of us are entitled to growing an audience we have to have something to offer that is worthwhile for people, that is engaging, interesting, that has a connection. And then it's our job to get it out in front of people. And you get to be as aggressive or unaggressive with that as you like. Some people are really aggressive about audience building and that's cool. Good for them. They're posting, they're doing Facebook ads and they're commenting on everyone's stuff and they're pitching themselves to podcasts. That's just how some people show up in the world. Other people are being a little bit more quieter about it, but they're getting where they want to get to. It's your job to do all of that, if that makes sense. It totally does. And I completely agree. But I think I would say that don't let your, this is to everybody, this isn't just to Emily, don't let your desire to grow your audience and your community be bigger than your desire to be really, really good at what you do. Because I think you can get distracted from that in the process. And for Emma, it sounds like she already knows she's doing a good yeah. job of what she does. Things are going really well. I think I think sometimes our perspective gets warped. I agree. Like maybe Emma's seeing lots of people with maybe 80,000 followers or, and you're, you're thinking, oh, I can't, I can't make these moves forward until I'm there. But you've already got so much to work with here. And so much on the internet is just smoke and mirrors. So the best way to get to grips with what's real is to dive into your own business and find out the facts. Yeah. And just in enjoy yourself I'm 8,000 people people care about what you have to say and if you're feeling that people aren't coming back to your blog and reading a lot of your blog people's consuming habits of content has changed a lot most people's blog traffic is down that's very true and nobody comments on blogs everyone comes and tweets you or Instagram messages you instead so I just think it's yeah I just would say anyone listening you probably saw the title of this episode and thought, yes, Sarah and Jen <laughs> are going to give me a step-by-step plan for how to grow my... And I would say it's different for everybody. This, like, the, there is not one step way to grow your audience. A no. lot of time it's experimentation. It's leaning into, well, where are your people? That's always the first question I ask anyone. Same. Where are your people? Because some people's people... Be, how many times do I want to say people? <laughs> but some people's people are on Instagram. Some people's people are off. Like, people's people... <laughs> people are all over the place so i just there's i'm sorry to break the news but there is no one step way to do this no and growth doesn't mean what we're commonly told it means yeah and so it's an experiment you got to trust yourself you got to be in the arena figuring it out because i would say i only learn how to reach my audience by spending years trying to connect with my audience yeah and messing it up and going well that didn't work so I'm going to try this and oh my gosh that got me tons of traffic and I didn't think anyone would care 
And if you don't do the work, you don't learn those lessons. And I personally, this might not be the same truth for everyone, but for me, pouring my energy into connecting with the people I've already got and focusing on them has A, slowly grown my reach, Mm. but B, built for me this awesome business. And so I think there's more to business than just growing an audience. There is, I think, nurturing the audience you've already got. If you're starting from scratch, of course, growing your audience is your focus. But if you've got an audience, magic can happen when you nurture them and build a deeper relationship with them. A nice analogy I sometimes use is it's a little bit like you're planning on opening a bricks and mortar shop on the local high street. And you're saying, well, I can't possibly open a shop until I've got customers outside the door. Well, unless you're going to put your sign up and fill your shelves with stock and get some, you know, people saying, have you been to that new shop on the high street? You can't just wait until there's a queue outside the empty shop before you go in and set up to wrap up shall we share like if it does help like some quick potential ways that you can be really intentional about growing an audience we probably should so some examples have come into my mind recently and these are people who already have an audience but you can see how they're nurturing their audience and growing their audience at the same time so one example is the brand stylist Mm -hmm. is currently doing an instagram challenge yes how smart of her because people are sharing the instagram challenge really engaging with it tagging her in it She's reaching lots and lots of more people by doing that. So creating something that is community-based, that can go a bit more viral, that puts you out in front of lots of different people, great growth tool. Super valuable. It has real value. People see it and go, well, I want to join in. I need something to help me with Instagram at the moment. Another great example that I've seen recently is Sass Pefferick has mm. launched a beautiful like rebrand of her website and she's got this amazing archetypes of self. <laughs> archetypes of self-doubt quiz and I've seen it everywhere everyone keeps sharing it sharing what they've learned from it I mean you can tell that she's created that for her community but it's putting her out in front of more people because people are feeling really excited about what they're learning from this again a valuable piece of content that is shareable that gets people it wouldn't have been shared if it wasn't so damn good absolutely and then other examples and I can give you countless examples here of people who have started a really awesome podcast of a unique perspective a first person who comes to my mind is my friend Fiona Barrows who has the podcast there are other ways a beautiful show with a beautiful concept she's a great interviewer and she's had lots of great guests on the show who have introduced her by as a byproduct of her having a great interview to their audience just three simple examples of people who focused on creating an awesome piece of content or an awesome resource that has then led to audience growth it's all been about providing value and being of service to your audience and none of those are about chasing numbers it just happens to kind of come along the way i think there's also the trick is understanding how the internet works yeah like fiona no fiona of the brand stylist knows that people love to share engage with instagram challenges like that and she knows that it's september and everyone's kids have just gone back to school and her audience a lot of them are mothers and a lot of them are looking for something to give them a bit of a kick to get back into the swing of things. And Sass knows that people love finding things out about themselves and sharing it. And Fiona knows that people love podcasts and love what Fiona's done really well is she's created a show that's quite unique. It's yeah. having special conversations. These are people who are not just taking up the space for the sake of taking up the space. They've got a unique perspective, but they're also really aware of how their people are going to engage with it. I have no idea. There's no specific advice in that. Just an encouragement to, if you're feeling like you're stuck on how to organically grow, look around at what other people are doing. Be inspired by thinking a little differently and outside of the box. And make sure to give it your own slant because there's a difference between being inspired and just outright borrowing from other people's ideas. And hopefully what you've heard at the heart of everything we've shared in this episode is being uniquely yourself is 
kind of at the heart of all growth always. If you pick 10 people right now who you think are doing really, really well online, I promise you this, they're all unique and doing their own thing. You would not be able to say, well, that person's doing well, but they're really similar to this person and this person. All those three people that we just mentioned, you, they're so unique. No one else is like them. Yeah. And that takes work to discover who you are. It does. And it's, there's no shortcuts, unfortunately. I wish there were sometimes. (laughs) But I mean, this is a conversation that I have a feeling we will be continuing to have in different formats in different episodes of the show. But I think it would be really awesome to hear from you listeners over through our hashtag, Dear Hopeful Creative. What have you learned so far about growing an organic community and more specifically, a community that actually works for you and your vision for your business? And remember as well, you can always send us your letters. We're constantly picking them up and recording new episodes every month. Go to lettersfromahopefulcreative.com and fill in the form. You can be anonymous if you prefer and we will read them all. Yeah, and I guess Emma, just good luck. I I really am excited to see you launch something soon hopefully i think your audience is probably so ready to invest in something awesome from you go for it please (laughs) good luck you can join us at letters from a hopeful creative.com and on social media so on instagram i'm at me and orla and you'll find me at jen carrington underscore we are going to be sharing new episodes every monday so if you've liked what you've heard so far hit subscribe in your podcast app and be sure to leave us a review because it will help other people find the show yeah and we can't wait to connect with you soon